0: Welcome to Right Side of the Brain, the podcast created by Interact Stroke Support. Interact are a charity that take professional actors into hospitals and stroke clubs to deliver a live interactive reading service to stroke survivors. And we now also deliver the service virtually, directly into people's homes. Please visit our website, www.interactstrokesupport.org, for more details. Our guest this week is Christabel Flight from Westminster City Council. Her roles have included acting as Westminster's Older People's Champion, editor of Westminster Plus for Westminster's 25,000 Freedom Pass holders, and it's led to her founding Silver Sunday, the national day celebrating older people. This interview was recorded during the period of the Lockdown. There you go. Good morning. Uh, a very, very good morning to you, Christabel, and uh, thank you so much for agreeing to uh, a, a, an interview for Interact's podcast, Right Side of the Brain. Excellent. Um, no. So, Christabel, let's find out a little bit more about you first, before we talk about things like your work at, at uh, Westminster Council and Silver Sunday, etc. Let's learn a little bit more about Christabel Flight. Um, uh, t- t- tell us about uh, w- where you were born, where you grew up, etc.
1: OK, I was I was born in Worcestershire, and uh, my claim to fame is my great aunt... Um, was one of the Enigma Elgar's Enigma Variations. He lived on the farm, so um, uh, that's my great fame. Fame, and I'm hoping that one day somebody will write something equally wonderful about me as in as a piece of music. I mean that would be fantastic. It's the one just before Nimrod. Um, so I was born on a farm, and um, I went to school locally, and uh, then I went off for one two years to France for school. So I learned how to speak French and um, I Didn't have much of an education because it wasn't considered sort of terribly necessary. Um, and I always planned to marry a merchant banker <laughs> as a little girl, and actually, I did end up marrying a merchant banker, which is quite fortunate. Um, and we've been happily married for uh nearly 48 years, and we have four children and eight grandchildren. How's wow,
0: that? wow, and 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 so, to, so. One of your ancestors is one of Elgar's Enigma variations. Yes,
1: um, W. N. Winifred Norbury, and I—I I, I was a Miss Norbury.
0: Gosh, that's that, thats a—that's a nice anecdote to, to to tell people. And so, what were your uh, aside from um, having an aspiration to marry a merchant banker, which you which you did? Um. From a career perspective, were were, were your goals or or aspirations, Christabel? Um,
1: I went into, um, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. And I used to go and have interviews. In in my day, when you went to have an interview, you were nearly always offered the job. I mean, it was just sort of almost, you know, you were interviewing the employer rather than the other way around. And it was a totally different world. And... um, Anyway, I went into Sotheby's as I was going to an interview somewhere else and I thought, bingo, this is where I'd really love to work. So I said to, the, I called the, peer, you know, the person who was responsible for taking people in and sort of the applications. And I said, what do you need to get into Sotheby's? And she said, you need, um, you need, the first thing you need is sort of very good shorthand and typing and very good connections can, can help you very much indeed. And so I wrote off to three people. I wrote off to um, an Air Chief Marshal, uh, who's called Sir William MacDonald, now sadly deceased. And um, and then I wrote off to um, somebody called Fred Jimson, who ran the Worcester China Works, and uh, and to one other. And I said, please, please, I really, really would love to get into Sotheby's. Um, you know, so if you could write on my behalf, I'd be very, very grateful. And they all did write a letter to, to one of the directors at Sotheby's. Meanwhile, I rushed back to Cambridge where I'd done my secretarial course um, because we had done no work at that secretarial course at all. I mean, we were just, you know, we were much, much more interested in the young men wandering around than than doing shorthand and typing. And um, so I had to go and do a refresher course for three weeks, which I paid for myself, which is good for me because, you know, I was determined and um, anyway they rang up from Sotheby's and said "Um, would I like to come for an interview and I said yes I'd love to and that was it and I was 10 years in Sotheby's, um, two years in Christie's and four years in Bonham's. So my background is um, but I'm jack of all trades master of none I never became the expert you know it's just you know it was an amazing amazing place to work I mean Tremendous fun. You're always working against deadlines, you know, and um, it was just the most wonderful place to work, all three.
0: And, and what so, did you do there uh, at those various um, uh, auction I, I,
1: houses? Basically, I did cataloguing. Um, so I worked in various departments. I First of all, I worked in um, I worked in valuations. So we used to go out to people's houses to actually value the contents for insurance or do selections and um and then after that um you know the valuations for insurance purposes and i did that for a long long time and had a wonderful um wonderful boss who was very long suffering that that was a one that was a wonderful wonderful job and then then i went to musical instruments and objects virtue, and i was sort of handling stradivari I, again you know there was an expert who came in to sort of actually say what the violins were um uh, my job was to sort of um cart them upstairs for him to have a look at and and to um help him catalogue them and i also did objects of which was things like Fabergé uh, snuff bottles and uh, boxes and you know it was, just, it was just superb and then um i left there to go and have a baby and in those days um my daughter's now 44 you didn't work as a mother, you you know, your job terminated you know, that was it. If you had a baby, that was your decision, and you didn't have a job to go back to, unlike now. And um, so at the back of my house was Christie's Printing Works. And so um, and you, if you were a Sotheby's girl, you never worked for Christie's. And so um, anyway, I went to the, I tried to get an interview with the person who ran the Christie's Printing Works, and left masses of messages and, um, you know, he never replied. And so finally I went round there and I saw sort of what I termed, would term a yobbo sitting on a wall um, with a bearded and what have you. And uh, he said, can I help you? And I said, well, do you know the head of this place? And he said, why? And I said, well, I've contacted him so many times, you know, he's so bloody rude, never, never, you know, rings back. And he said, "Well, why don't you come in? I'm him." <laughs> so that was it. So I worked for him for two years, and it was, it was wonderful, actually. Uh, it was really, really good fun. And um, basically, I was selling print, and um, it, it, you know, and so um, and work. And then I ended up working for him as his, you know, PA. And then we went off to Hong Kong, and um, because we bought a house and we had to bridge it, and so we had more money going out than we had coming in. I mean, it was really, really tough. Um, And so we, you know, we just were, we were absolutely broke. And so we went off to work in Hong Kong because we could let our house and then go and have a separate income. So off we went to Hong Kong and I I went to work for Sotheby's there, cataloguing their Chinese spots in the middle of the night. And um, again, tremendous fun and we were there a year, and then went off to Bombay, my husband was sent there, and um, had a baby there, and um, we were very, very ill there, both of us, we, I mean, I have to say, it is the place on earth which I love and hate on e- in equal measures, because it is just wonderful, but it is also just terrible, <laughs> so, because you get so ill so, so quickly, and you know, you were either very rich or very poor, and either the contrasts in India, but it is, gosh, it's a wonderful place to be. And so came back and couldn't get into our house straight away. And then I went to work for Onum's, And um, my husband always wanted to go into politics. So um, I concentrated on trying to help him and went and worked for two MPs. And uh, so I did that for a couple of years. And then um, I became, uh, I was, I um, was, I was very much, uh, you know, I got very involved in politics. And then uh, my husband got thrown out of, um, he got thrown out of his seat for a remark he made at a dinner, which was blown up out of all proportions. And it was very, very unfair. And he was told he couldn't actually stand again. And um, so he was much more worried about me than I, you know, uh, than he was about himself. And he said, "Had I ever thought of becoming a counsellor? And I said, "No, I've never thought about becoming a counsellor. And um, he said, "Well, do you think you'd like becoming a councillor? And if you've worked in politics, you know, and you've actually worked for an MP. It's dealing with lots and lots of different cases." And I thought, "You yeah, know, I really would actually like that. I think it'd be great." And he said, um, "Well, where's your CV?" And I said, "What do you mean by where's my CV?" I said. You know mounds i think he's under mounds of dust and he said well where is it where is it and i said why is it so important he said because they're closing the applications tomorrow and you so you've got to get it out tonight and you've got to polish it up so we polished it up and i was called for an interview not because of me but because of him actually really um because he had a lot of sympathy from a lot of people so he thought i couldn't be all bad and i went in for my interview and this is absolutely true it was I really hadn't i would ever done any public speaking at all. And I was so bad that I said to them all, um, I'm sorry, I'd like you all to completely ignore what I've said to date. I've just heard myself. Just imagine I'm coming into the room again and I'll start again. And they all fell off their seats laughing because it wasn't exactly the sort of polished you know, performance that they might have been expecting. And so they said, would you prefer us to go on to questions? So I said, yes, yeah, that'd be great. And so there started, it'll be, um, but I will be retiring from um, being a councillor in the next time when it's coming up. Um, but I, that will be 17 years I've worked as a Westminster councillor. Loved it.
0: Gosh, gosh, well, what, a, what a journey that's been. You, you've, you've described that, that, that you, the hist- history of yourself there. T- tell us then how, the idea of Silver Sunday uh, how did this idea come about and 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 tell us about uh silver Sunday christabel
1: right well, at this disastrous um interview, they said, "What did I want to do and I said, "I'd like to become the older people's champion and and uh so they you know they clocked this, and so the minute I arrived, I became the older people's champion and i had um actually I thought it'd be really wonderful to put on a really, really big tea dance for older people in Westminster, because older people have so little to look forward to. I mean, there's just, you know, very, very little to actually, you know, to light up their lives and to, to look forward to. So um, I knew the people through my political connections. I knew the people at um, the Great Room in the Grosvenor, and I went to see them, and um I said to them, is there any chance that you might um, allow me to put on a tea dance in the great room of the Grosvenor? And he said, well, ha- for how many? And I said, for a thousand people, a completely free, a free tea dance. Um, you know, absolutely works, you know, slap up tea, you know, jelly, scones, cream, cakes and, you know, a big band and, uh, you know, um, an entertainer of sorts. And, you know, um and i said that, that that's what i'd really really love to do because it would be something which would be an absolute highlight in people's lives and uh, but i don't want them to pay for it and it doesn't you know it, it you know as long as they're westminster residents age 65 plus that's the only criteria and sort of first come first served and um much to my amazement really um they agreed and um they've very kindly been doing it for the last 15 years well last year they couldn't but 15 years and it's really been a highlight and then after that um, I put on a um, musical at the London Coliseum and uh, that was for 2,000 people and um, as you probably know they're the Players Theatre who are absolutely wonderful and um, so people could dress up and they all came along And I managed to get ice creams, but unfortunately I managed to get 4,000 ice creams for 2,000 people. So there were quite a lot of dropped ice creams. So that was a little bit of a disaster, cleaning carpets, etc. But anyway, again, that was a great success. And then I I suddenly thought to myself, well, you know, if you can do this for that many people, why not have a national day? You know, and it's pointless calling it Grandparents Day because not everybody's got grandchildren. You know, it needs to be. A day celebrating older people, of course, you know, and my son-in-law came up with the day Silver Sunday. And so it started in Westminster and it's just gone viral,
0: really. It has a... Uh, am I right in thinking, Christabel, that it has? it's a particular day?
1: It's the first Sunday in October. Always oh, the first Sunday in October. Um,
0: and, and what can people do to support Silver Sunday?
1: They... They basically, they put on um, different events. Um, so, for instance, uh, you know, care homes might put on something actually specifically in a care home or um, other people sort of hire halls. Um, we don't get involved with the finances at all. They choose what they're going to do. We we sort of supply Um, ideas and bunting and all the sort of things you know so you've got invitations which you can easily send out and things like that and then um, the events are posted on our map of UK and um, people post their event and then older people look to see where the things are and go along and so literally thousands of people get entertained and and, um, it's very popular. And I usually go round and view what's happening in Westminster. Um, you know, I go I go one way, and the Lord Mayor goes another way. So we try and cover as many events as we can. But um, but it's it's very it's it's great fun, and we got the Scouts involved, and the Scouts do um, uh, a badge, a Scout badge, you know, for helping. So, but last year, sadly, um, you know, it. Well, we went down from um, 1,200 events in 2019 to 250 events. And mostly all of those were on Zoom or something like right. that, which was, which was great. But um, it was very sad, you know. And, I mean, I'm desperate for all the people who are stuck inside and um, unable to get out and unable to see anybody, not able to touch anybody. It's, you know, it's needed more than... So, I mean, I've been working my way through um, the 2019 invites and and before sort of writing to people um, now um, you know to try and encourage people to put on something in October and hopefully it'll be okay you know we hope that uh, but a lot of people have been nervous at coming out.
0: The, the idea is fantastic as as a charity Interact Stroke Support obviously takes professional actors into hospitals and reads to uh, stroke survivors but uh, both in the hospital setting and in the community setting, and so many of the people that we serve are socially isolated elderly people. yeah so um, you know when I received your email promoting Silver Sunday, I thought, what a wonderful idea, and you know certainly obviously with the caveat of covid uh, certainly something. You know, we would very much like to support and 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 do things with maybe as, uh, various stroke clubs. Uh, hopefully, uh, when they come back, fingers crossed, things will be almost back to normal when we get to October. Because it must be a concern for for you, uh, as it is for us, Christabel, that the the social isolation of a lot of elderly people so for example what we have often found is that when we're in the hospital setting and we're reading to stroke patients and they really benefit you know from having actors reading to them it it, it alleviates the depression it stimulates memory and stimulates language but once they're discharged from hospital a lot of people then become very very socially isolated all over again and you know, as a champion of elderly people, you must be very, very aware of this, not only in Westminster, but as a national problem.
1: It is a national problem. Um, but I, I talked to a wonderful um, lady this week. You know, it's it, um, it is amazing that you send, you know, you send emails out and people respond to you and ring you up and, And I spoke to a wonderful lady who started 10 years ago, because Silver Sunday is 10 years old now, and she started 10 years ago. And she basically, um, her idea, you've probably heard about this, was to match older people with younger people or people who were looking for accommodation and the, um, you know, to live together. Um, And she she interviews obviously both couples and matches them up. And um, it's been hugely successful. And I mean, how wonderful, how wonderful is that? I mean, I just think that, I thought it was so wonderful. And I said to her, how many people do you have? You know, and um, she said, a thousand. And I thought, how amazing that she's got matched a thousands older people to younger people, not necessarily younger. I said, she said, we get quite a few divorcees, um, you know, because if one person is sort of thrown out of the house or something, they've got nowhere to go. And, um, and possibly no money either. And, um, you know, but, you know, the, the, it's been hugely, she's been hugely successful doing this. And I think you know, what a wonderful thing to do.
0: And sometimes those, those simple ideas are always the best, aren't they? I remember uh, seeing an idea, I think on the news a couple of years ago, where they were uh, encouraging older people to go into nurseries to read to uh, you know the 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 kids, and yes. you know the, so there was this wonderful uh, engagement between the the different uh, generations, and they felt valued. Um, the, yes. the the older people they, they were they were doing a, a service uh, to the nursery school kids, and it was just a, a fantastic simple idea.
1: Well, I had a simple idea, but it, it, it's still you can carry this one forward for me. Um, because I was very, very keen on this idea, and and a lot of other people are as well, which was to actually, um, obviously with COVID it's not been great, but to actually have nurseries within older people's homes. And because a lot of the mothers, you know, some of them, you know, some of them could be single mothers or whatever, but, you know, it's incredibly expensive to send your child to a nursery. It costs costs a lot of money. Um, But if you had... um, if you had a nursery, if you had an older people's home, all of them have got wonderful gardens as well, um, you know, you could actually have the um, the children playing in the gardens and the older people looking at them. You could have the mothers helping to look after the older people so they could get a training, actually, on actually looking after older people. Um, and I, I just thought this was a marriage made in heaven. And, you know, it would bring a lot of happiness to a lot of people. But um, it's been very difficult getting it off the ground. Very difficult. So, uh, you know, there's always some reason why it's not a good idea. But I'm certain it will happen one day. Uh,
0: Christabel, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and uh, uh, to find you out more. You haven't
1: told me anything about yourself yet.
0: Oh, uh, well, uh, <laughs> what, what what would you like to know?
1: Well, why don't you start from the beginning as well?
0: <laughs> well, um, for me personally, uh, I uh, was a actually a pro- professional actor for many years, for my sins. And then after that, I went into uh, theatre administration. And uh, after that, I was, uh, I'd set up a theatre company, uh, just a little uh, company and and was uh, writing plays. Um, and then um, the, the job at uh, Interact came along. And I, I was initially quite reluctant to, to, to be involved in it, but I went to see Interact's work at Chelsea and Westminster Hospital. And I watched an actor read to a stroke survivor. And I thought, well, I could do that, obviously, uh, being an actor myself. So I thought, well, I'll just quickly read to the, to the lady uh, who was uh, unwell. And um, after I'd finished reading to her, she put her hand on my hand and she said, thank you very much for coming. And I thought, actually, I am going to say yes to this job. Because uh, originally I wasn't too sure whether I was the right person to be the chief executive, the next one. I was only 39 at the time. Um, but here I am, 16 years later, still running Interact. And um, as, I, as I said earlier, we, we take professional actors into hospitals and reach to stroke patients. And we also work in the community. And we have ec- expanded. You know, we we were most of our hospitals originally were in London, but we've expanded to you know Birmingham, Manchester, Brighton, Haywards Heath, Glasgow, Newcastle, Cardiff, and I was just exploring an expansion to Belfast, um, Northern Ireland, when COVID came along and sort of put a halt to to all of that. And. When our actors go in to read, it's very important that they sort of know who the human being is that they're reading to. So if I was reading to Christabel Flight, for example, I wouldn't just sit down and say, hello, my name's Nierge, here's my Henry V. Because the recipient might not be interested in Shakespeare. A good actor will use their detective skills to find out, well, you know, What are your likes and your dislikes? And you might say, I I love art or I love the great British Bake Off or I love uh, crime stories or whatever it is. Mm. And a good reader will then go, ah, I've got a great story about art or or this or that or whatever. So that the service delivery in the hospitals is catered to the interests of um, the patients themselves and what we've tried to do beyond that in the community is to instead of interact just going in as actors and and you know delivering uh our readings and our short stories we thought well wouldn't it be great if you know people themselves created their own stories created their own poetry and we helped facilitate that using our our skill set so we, we did a few pilot programs where we were encouraging people to, to, to be creative. And um, I remember one group in Islington said to me, well, you know, w- what is it that you want us to do? And I said, well, that's totally up to you. You know, you decide what you want to do as a group and we will facilitate it. And they said, well, what if we wanted to do East Enders for the radio? And I said, well, that's absolutely fine. And uh, so... That's exactly what they did. They started creating characters. We we record. This was in the days before our iPhone, so we we bought those old dictaphones and started recording on dictaphones. Yeah. Um, and they started improvising. And uh, other groups said, "Well, we want to do a little musical," and and so it varied from group to group. So it became a far more active process of encouraging people's creativity. You know, uh, which which hopefully then increased their confidence and and reduced their their social isolation. And again, that was something we were rolling out. Uh, And then, of course, COVID happened. So now, um, like many other organizations, we're trying to deliver our service virtually, directly into people's homes. I do think it is something that we should continue even post-COVID, because what it means is that, we can be delivering this service anywhere.
1: I, th- I think I think that's true. But so I think that um, one of the things which older people or stroke patients or anything misses more than anything else is touch. Um, you know, there is something about um, having somebody put their hand on your hand. You know, there's something about that which, um, and that's what I think people feel so isolated about at the moment. Um, Yes, they can have massive people ringing them up and watch this, that, and the other, but you know, not to be able to touch anybody. Touch, touch is such an important, you know, an important. I mean, I find you know seeing my friends and not being able to sort of fling my arms around them, you know, even my children. I can't fling my arms around my children. I find that dreadful. I mean, you know, it's it's um, it is you know, it is one of the things which um. One doesn't appreciate
0: how it. no, so important it is. Unfortunately, I think that, that that is going to be one of the the last things that people go back to normalcy to uh, mm. because because of because of the the COVID situation. Mm. Um, Christabel, it, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And finding, you, and finding you. more about you and uh, what you have been up to and the promotion of Silver Sunday. Um, I think it's such, such a wonderful idea. Covid right. permitting, uh, we would very much like to 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 support this. So
1: I love you too. And and can I just take this as an opportunity to thank all those thousands of people, you know, all over the country who've actually put on Silver Sunday events, and you know, and helped at them. Can I thank them very very much from the bottom of my heart? Because you know, I do nothing. I just, I just you know send a few letters and you know and. They do the hard work, you know, they're the ones who are putting things on. So I'm very, very grateful to everybody. So thank
0: you. Oh, that's great. Uh, uh, Chris, Christabel, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That was Christabel Flights. For more information on our work, please do visit our website at www.interactstrokesupport.org. And if you're feeling generous, please do click on the big red donate button. We very much look forward to your company on the next edition of Right Side of the Brain.